In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. At the end of the 1700s, an Anglican clergyman named Thomas Malthus wrote a treatise that asserted that the population of mankind would at some point outpace our ability to produce enough food to feed the growing population. His theories, though discredited by technological advance in the farming industry and in other scientific studies, still hang on today. There's a lot of academic talk in universities and in the media about how the earth is way overpopulated right now. I even heard it at Father Sunday at, at camp, at Camp Lakeview yesterday. I heard a couple of dads talking about how the earth is just overpopulated and there's uh, something we have to do about it. It's tied up in the discussions about climate change and the push to come up with alternative fuel sources and also alternative food sources like your favorite impossible Whopper, the meatless burger from Burger King. Now, I'm obviously a layman when it comes to what goes on at the farm, but it really is amazing how much food we are able to produce as time goes on. Today, our Lord Jesus Christ peels back the curtain a bit for us on this, showing us that it is he who is the giver of daily bread. Here, the great crowd of 4,000 came to him with nothing. And from his great compassion, he was moved to feed them all with seven loaves of bread and a few small fish. Now, not only was he able to feed them until they were fully satisfied, but at the end, if you recall the end of the text, they were able to gather up seven basketfuls of leftovers. That's more than what they started with. Marvel at that for just a moment. These folks were so hungry that they would have fainted on their way home, and Jesus feeds the whole lot with just a few loaves of bread and a few small fish, and there's leftovers. What an amazing miracle we have before us today. How truly amazing this is, and yet, how often... Does the Lord Jesus do the same thing among us today? Consider, if you will, Reverend Malthus's theory about the population growth outpacing the world's ability to produce food. Now, I suppose we could chalk this up entirely to scientific advances and technological advances. But what does the Word of God teach us? We're not here to study science. We're here to study the Word of God. And the two are not always mutually exclusive, by the way. In the reading from Genesis, we were reminded of how God planted a garden in Eden, making every plant and tree that was good for food spring up by the power of his almighty word. God had placed Adam in the garden and commanded him to work it and to keep it. And it was by his word that these things were created. And it was by the power of his word that these things were were sustained. In Genesis 1, just a chapter before our Old Testament reading, we're told that every plant was created to make seeds so that it could produce more and more, each according to its own kind, Genesis tells us. 
This means that everything that is growing all around us today is powered by the word of God. It is if Christ is standing in every cornfield to bless and multiply the crop as it grows. Now this teaches us something about why we say our table prayers. The Lord Jesus already knows our needs. We see that in our gospel reading for today. The crowds don't approach Jesus. They don't send an envoy to Jesus saying, hey, we're hungry. Do you have a bite to eat that we could have? Instead, Jesus says elsewhere in the Sermon on the Mount, your father knows what you need before you ask him. And so when we sit down to pray before a meal, we're not telling God, hey, we're hungry. Instead, we are recognizing him as he is in our text today, the giver of our daily bread. We are recognizing that everything we have comes from him and we give thanks to him for it. Or, as we learn in the small catechism, God certainly gives daily bread to everyone, even to all evil people, without our asking. And that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. Dear saints, it is truly an amazing thing to consider, especially if you have been through lean times, to see how our God provides for us in ways that we cannot even fathom. The fact that each of us is sitting here this morning is all due to God's gracious provision and his power in working things out for our good. But there is one other thing that we ought to consider with this text. There are so many instances similar to this in the Bible where God is dealing with feeding his people. Consider the way God provided the water and the manna to the people of Israel in the wilderness. Or consider how God provided food to the prophet Elijah by the birds. Remember that story. Even in small ways, God provides food for his people. In the Gospel of John, Jesus appears to the disciples after the resurrection. And there on the shore, he has a charcoal fire. And there he's cooking fish for them to eat when they come ashore. It's also worth noting that one of the dominant features for the new heavens and the new earth after the resurrection is eating. Isaiah speaks of a feast of well-aged wine and meat. Revelation speaks of a wedding feast of the Lamb in his kingdom that will have no end. Jesus himself tells us so many parables of heaven, and the metaphor that he uses is that of a wedding banquet. The metaphor of the feast is made even more delicious by the fact that it was by eating that mankind was overcome by the devil in the Garden of Eden, and that it is by Christ who was born in Bethlehem, which means house of bread, who overcomes the power of the devil by giving us his body and blood to eat and to drink. Dear saints, listen again 
to the language recorded in our gospel reading for today. And Jesus took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples. These words are echoed for us in the liturgy of Holy Communion. In a few minutes, we will hear Jesus' own words repeating these words which instituted the Holy Supper. Even as God's creative word echoes through creation to produce fruit and grain, so also does Christ's creative word echo through the liturgy of the Holy Communion that you might enjoy today a feast not just for your bodies, but a feast that is a foretaste of the one to come in heaven, the one that is Christ's body and blood given and shed for you to eat and to drink for the forgiveness of all of your sins. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.